I'm Lindsay, mom of two active boys on the West Coast and believe there's no reason for money to be ugly. I love helping busy moms make it pretty without using cash envelopes or coupons. And I'm Megan. Me and my husband, we have four kiddos and I relate more to the dad role than the mom. And I'm an HGTV loving, oversharing finance nerd. Together we host the Money Stuff with Moms podcast. We understand the hashtag mom life but we also can appreciate the big picture adulting responsibilities like money. In this podcast, we invite you to be a part of our no fluff, fun conversations that will give you helpful on the go finance tips. Even if it's just a peek behind the curtains to hear about what we are doing with our money. Okay, life insurance. The conversation was great, super insightful. I really, I'm going to be straight up honest. I struggle with the conversation of life insurance just because it is centered around the fact of someone dying, Mm -hmm. which is something I never want to talk, think, or act about. Totally. Yeah. Um, But I do think it's a, it is a really important piece to the, I mean, as a financial planner, it's a really important piece because if something happens to that income component of the other person in your house or you in your house, um, it could put all the hard work you've done up until this point just down the drain. So when I talk about life insurance with my clients, I say life insurance is really to protect three things. The first thing is your income projections. So what you ex- what you're making this year and what you expect to make into the future because you've based all of your past you has based all of your expectations of on being alive. Yeah. Yeah. So you bought your house assuming you're going to be working until this age, your partner's going to be working until this age. You've booked yeah. trips expecting that. You've had children expecting that all those things. So yeah. the first thing that I account for is saying, you know, if something happens to you, or to your partner, the first thing that we want to protect is that future income. Not only because you made it, made decisions expecting to have it, but also because we want to give the other partner, the survivor, a period to be sad. We want to give that person. And if uh, I go, like Graham's going to be really sad. So he needs yeah. a lot. He needs like years where he can just be home with the kids. Be super yeah. sad, not have to worry. Never be the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he agrees with you. <laughs> uh, most days. So mm-hmm. then it's that where that person doesn't have to worry about working to make an income, they're able to survive. And yeah. The yeah. other thing that you want your life insurance to address is your debt responsibilities. Yes. So whether that's an a set number of years where you're making those payments out of that life insurance or just pay it off. Mm-hmm. So whether just pay off all the debts or have a, a percentage to be able to make those payments. And then the last thing is funeral expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to the debt obligations, I would also consider if you do have children, which probably most of the people listening to this do, if you care about their education and that was something you've been working towards, part of that life insurance should probably, in addition to the debt obligations, pay for the kid's education. Yeah. So yeah. that it's there if they need it. If they don't, they don't. 
I don't think Megan is, for, the, for those of you listening, I don't think Megan's saying like, yeah, if you care, like if you're a good enough parent to care, just just to clarify, she means like, if it was already in your plan, like that that is important to you, then you should continue to plan for that. Well, and I also think like, <laughs> as you navigate parenthood, your perception of the things that you say you're going to support your children with can sometimes change. Agreed. Like there, just because when you started being a parent, you were like, I'm going to, you know, make sure my kid goes to university and my I'm going to do $208 every single month for every single, you know, month of their life. Yeah. Or my parents didn't help me with university and I want to make sure that I help my kids or I, my parents did help me with university. So I would like to carry that on. But mm-hmm. then once you have kids, you're like, you know what? In, and I've been seeing this a lot. And I think I saw it in your Facebook group where it was like, you know what, instead of paying for their education, when they turn 35, I'm just going to give them $50,000. I did a poll and it was really strong on lump sum. Um, the, the question was, you know, if, if you could go back and tell your parents what you would have preferred, would it have been an education fund or a lump sum to start your um, you know, your adult life to say buy a house or something. Overwhelming would have preferred a lump sum. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll do an episode on, on kids and, and saving for, for kids education. The big topic for, for moms, uh, and dads, you know, for, for parents out there. Yeah. So uh, life insurance is important. Mm-hmm. It is something that is one I think in our conversation we said it's the lottery ticket you never want to win but when you were talking about it and the intricacies it can feel really heavy so I can appreciate that in terms of our conversation with Alex if that's kind of the vibe it it gives because it is heavy and there's a lot of decisions that you have to make yeah and it can get it can get kind of technical and um it's not always the most fun conversation to have um, and even for me, I mean, we just uh, redid Graham's disability um, insurance because he's spending a lot of time on a mountain bike and he didn't used to do that. We decided that we should have some more coverage, even going through the different options. And like, this is what he does day in and day out. This is a conversation I am very comfortable with compared to others because it's an industry I've been in for over a decade. I hate it. The process of going through and trying to decide how much coverage we needed, what policy we needed, what bells and whistles on the policy did we want to pay a little bit extra for. Um, it's not a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. And where it does get fun is when you are a high net worth individual and you are purchasing this policy to cover um, tax, like estate taxes. Um, when you are using a policy as a savings tool because all of your registered accounts are already filled up mm-hmm. and you need somewhere else that is tax efficient to put money. I think those conversations are really fun. They're beyond my pay grade. Um, but what I know of them and where I have been involved, um, it's fun because we are really talking about how we can use this tool to have more in the future with knowing that everybody is going to die one day. Um, and you know, how we want to, like some policies are 
are um, like philanthropic policies and they're about leaving something to a charity, right? Like there are some really fun ways of dealing with insurance. My friends aren't looking at insurance practices usually. Um, even the ones that are maybe approaching high net worth, they're still not in that certain category of high net worth that, uh, that we're talking about using insurance. Um, and then insurance for kids is this whole other ball of wax, right? Everybody knows that buying insurance early is falls into the good, good decision, right? Um, doesn't matter if it's for us, our kids or our pets. <laughs> buying it before there is any pre-existing condition is, and not only pre-existing condition, but when the math works and you are young, and your chances of something happening are um, are much less for those mathematician actuaries to you know plug into their calculators in the background figuring out how we got or what we have to pay. So buying insurance for our kids with that lens mm -hmm. is a really good idea. Hey, Megan here. I don't mean to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to pop in and say how grateful Lindsay and I are to have you choose us to be in your earbuds today. If you have a quick second, we will really appreciate you hitting the subscribe and leaving us a five-star review. It really helps us promote our podcast more than you know. Now on to the rest of the episode. Then we have to decide where on our priority list does this land? Um, and there is no amount of insurance that you can buy that you wouldn't wish that you had bought more if you have, ever have to claim on that ticket. Mm -hmm. um, so I really feel like insurance is a balance. I refuse, and what I've told you know my clients for years, that insurance is awesome, but I refuse to have my monthly spending be going more towards being sick and dead than towards being alive and healthy. <laughs> right? Like I I just can't fathom that. I want to make sure that like I'm only here once and I want to make sure that I have enough cash flow in my bank account every month to enjoy the time that I have. My kids are only young once um, and protect along the way. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a hard one it's a hard one because like I say it's or you know like Alex was saying it's a lottery ticket you hope to never cash and it's putting money towards being sick or dead or having a burnt down house or a smashed up car <laughs> yeah. putting money towards those things and here so many families that I work with are saying you know I can't afford a vacation mm -hmm. I haven't take I've never taken my kids skiing because I can't afford it um how do we balance those? That's hard. That's hard. But like anything, like just make a decision. You're not marrying your insurance policy. You can change insurance. Even a 10-year policy, a 20-year policy, a 100, like to age 100 policy, they can all be changed and canceled. You are never locked in like you are to other contracts. You can always increase your coverage, decrease your coverage, increase your length, decrease your length. Um, it's a bit like a plane ticket where you, if you want to make changes, you might have to pay the difference if the if the airfare has gone up. 
um, you know, because maybe you've gotten older and now you want to change your policy. There can be ch charges, you know, uh, incurred, um, but you're not you're not committing to it, you know, signing in blood. So have a quick think about how it feels for you. Um, and, you know, yeah, like us, things changed. Graham's decided he loves mountain biking. And so we bought a policy um, that would protect our income if something happened to him and he wasn't able to work for a while. Mm -hmm. All balance. I think just having the conversation can kind of spark goals, timelines, all those conversations. Like for example, we have a term 20 policy. So it means, you know, I don't know how many years, I think 2012, we took it out and it's going to renew in 2032, meaning we still will have coverage, but the premiums will increase significantly. Right. Um, and, and that's the only thing that changes is that's the only the thing premium. that changes. Yeah. And so we were having the conversation recently about potentially converting a portion of our term policy to permanent, which is something that Alex was talking about, because we do have um, we are going to have a heavy estate tax liability, meaning when the last of Greg and I to pass our kids are going to have to start selling our properties to be able to pay CRA because CRA is going to be a major beneficiary on our estate, whether right. we yeah. or not. They and, want those capital gains on the, on yeah. the appreciated. And in order to afford the capital gains, I'm hoping to die with $0 left in my bank account. So my kids will have to sell the properties to pay CRA unless they have the money themselves. The other yeah. option is I buy a life insurance policy that will cover those gains. And even though it's in my kids' names, the life insurance policy will really just go to CRA so that they can keep the property. Yeah. So I'm having this conversation. I understand the logistics. I sign the paperwork. Now I just need Greg to sign the paperwork saying, yep, yeah, we're going to go ahead, convert, do all these things. Well, when that, when that, I just assumed he would just sign the paperwork and instead of just signing the paperwork, he, that's typically how your dynamic goes. Yeah. He says money decisions I, and he signs. He's like, this sounds like, uh, our kids names problem. <laughs> this doesn't sound like a Megan and Greg problem. <laughs> and I said, you're right. But we can solve that problem now for them more affordably then, you know, hopefully like 80 years from now. 80. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Right, so you at 120 are going to die. Got it. I'm uh, going to be 120 full of Botox hooked up to machines. I'm going to look amazing. Okay. <laughs> so it, it was fascinating that it sparked now that conversation between the two of us and saying like do we really care like is this a problem we want to solve for them or mm -hmm. maybe is it a decumulation strategy we want to do where it's like no well we'll just maybe we'll just pay the gains and we'll sell the properties maybe one at 70 one at 80 you know like we'll just decumulate and pay the gains and live off of it. And our kids really will get nothing. It's about what you care about. Do you care? Do you want to leave something to your next of kin? Do you not? And having this conversation, we also, we've had a few losses in the last five years that were way too young. And one of the things that I've kind of 
been tossing around is like the idea of funerals. So like normally one of the components of life insurance is to go to fund that celebration of life. And I've kind of been revisiting that. I don't know if it's like a just unique to me or a generational thing. That's generational. I think most of us in this conversation right now would agree. Yeah. So like my thought process today, you 2023, Megan is thinking, if I pass, I want you to just donate everything about me, <laughs> my organs, anything you can use, give them away. And anything that's left, use for science. Totally. And I don't think I, I personally don't want a funeral. <laughs> if you want to have one for me, you can, but I wouldn't want one. And if Greg passes before me, I wouldn't want to have one for him. I would more rather have people come to my home, cook me supper, support me, like share memories. Like I wouldn't really want to have like an open house type thing at a building I've never been to with people I might not really know. I only want to be surrounded with the people who know where I live and have been a part of my life. Do they do these things at wineries? Because I think that's where I would <laughs> <laughs> okay we're adding that to your that fantastic but it's a wine tasting like all of Lindsay's favorite wines and awesome oh I'm gonna plan it put your name on wine yeah. bottle yeah yes everybody takes one home oh, little, par little party gift or party favor oh yeah, so it's just I feel like it it having the conversations is heavy the topic itself is not very fun to talk about but it does spark conversations in the circle that is going to be impacted the most absolutely so those those conversations are really important and they can always change like you said like my feeling on funerals and permanent insurance may change in the next couple of years and we can adapt accordingly and we might be kicking ourselves and say, man, I wish we would have bought it then. We would have saved X number of dollars. But you know what? You are where you are and where you are is okay. Let's just move forward. A lot of what a lot of people do is they get a big term policy and then they get a small permanent rider on the policy. That can be a fairly like affordable way of getting a little bit of this and a little bit of that, right? Some some balance. Um, and I think that is a really great plan for a lot of people um and then in terms of kids like I said I did this poll in blacks the new red a few months ago and it uh came up very strongly that people would prefer a lump sum and with permanent policies um you can like Alex was telling us you can pay for like 20 years um and the the policy can um accumulate a value that you can take money out of um, and so that can also be a strategy of how to do a little bit of both um, insurance and get a policy that either has um, accumulated a cash value or that has um, what's called a, a return of premium rider um, so you pay a little bit more every month um, for the opportunity to get a you know, a, a return or a refund on the premium that you've paid. Um, and I'm, I'm just a really big believer in trying to do it all. 
um, you know, and, and if we can find a way to do both, I think that's really great. Um, but you know, same thing for me, I don't necessarily want a big party. Um, and in all honesty, I don't want my family to be in a position where if they want to have a $5,000, $10,000 party for me, that my financial strategy that I have implemented through the years couldn't just pay for it. Mm. Um, I just want to have the money to do that. So it's not that to me is not like a, yes, I need insurance because I want a big party or I want, you know, mm. to me, it's like, I want accumulated wealth or even just a stable financial position where they can afford to do that. Um, you know, in Canada, we get a little bit of money from the government um, for funeral expenses, um, you know, for those final expenses. And so that would help also. Um, yeah, that one is not certainly not a driver for me. Um, and then I'm, I'm on team Greg in terms of like, that's the kid's problem. What a first world problem we're talking about in the first place. Oh, we need to sell mommy and daddy's fourth house to pay the taxes on the first three. Like we can have, like they can handle that. That I would, I would love if my parents left me. <laughs> so mom and dad, if you're listening right now, you can go and get a couple more houses. Um, I think that's a really great problem to have and lots of solutions to. Insurance is one of them. And I hope that anybody listening isn't hearing what we're not saying. We're not saying that insurance is a wrong or bad solution. Um, it's just not the one that clearly lights either of us up. It's an awesome solution for other people. Um, and uh, so if what you heard in that episode was inspiring or gave you some thoughts, um, then reach out to an independent insurance planner. Um, and I say that because every company Every insurance company out there does something really well. And if you are talking to somebody who works for one company um, and what you need is not what they happen to do really well, um, you are still going to buy a policy from that person because they're the ones that are in front of you. Versus if you work with somebody who's independent, they can figure out what your needs are and they can find the policy that is from the company that does what you need really well. For example, with our uh, disability policy, um, we decided to do it structured based on um, debt payments. So that was, uh, there's some companies out there that will do it that way. Others are doing it based on replacing your income. Um, and I don't need all of Graham's income replaced because we have uh, passive income. My biggest concern is that our mortgage and our debt obligations are taken care of. Um, and uh, and so we specifically looked at two, maybe three different companies that have policies based on debt obligations versus others that are based on income replacement. Um, so my point being every insurance company does something really, really well. And if you talk to an independent insurance planner, then they can find the company that does what you need uh, really well. And I hope that um, these two episodes have brought some light to the conversation for some of you. Um, and sometimes that light comes through uh, 
confusion first. So if you are left um, heavy and confused and all of that, like that's cool too. We're talking about dying and being sick. So like for real, you're, you're not supposed to be smiling right now. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll sort it out, make a decision. You'll be fine. Yeah. And I think also the conversation with Alex and this recap is also bridging that gap with our episode, episode four about insurance or not insurance, sorry, about interest rates and how that's the rise in interest rates have really impacted a lot of families. But one of the components of your mortgage very well might be some type of insurance. Yeah. That's worth when you talk to that independent insurance provider, that may be a, a conversation to bring up and say, you know what, I don't even know if I have insurance in my mortgage, maybe, maybe they can help you out with that because that mortgage insurance has a definite premium. So there might be some money saving opportunities there. Yeah. Let's do an episode on it. Let's learn about mortgage insurance. People ask all the time and there's some really great information out there. And every time I read it, I feel like there's a few key pieces that are missing. So I would love to, uh, Um, let's break it down one day. So if you're interested, watch for a future episode. Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you heard anything that piqued your interest, check out the show notes because we probably have some extra deets or links down there. Your homework for today. Go talk to someone about your money, either your spouse, your kids, your coworker, or a licensed professional. And if you don't like those humans today, we're always talking in Lindsay's Facebook group group black is the new red so join us over there head over to facebook type in black is the new red you'll see so many amazing like-minded individuals in there trying to get better asking the right questions supporting one another we look forward to hanging out with you again on your next dog walk or while you watch soccer practice from the sidelines cheers